This is the Sticks and Stacks podcast with Sean Drotar and Nate Lundy. Welcome to Sticks and Stacks on the Sawdust Podcast Network. My name is Sean Drotar, your host. It's S. Drotar on Twitter if you're interested. S-D-R-O-T-A-R. And we are nearing the final handful of games in the NHL regular season. Teams are jockeying for position back east. They're still trying to sort things out out west. And so joining us is our hockey betting expert, Nate Lundy. You can follow him on Twitter at Nate Lundy. How's it going, Nate? I'm good, Sean. And and, and I'm sure you saw it. And I'm sure a lot of folks that follow us here on the podcast saw it. But um, it, the, the stat that was blowing everybody away this past weekend from Friday night, there were only two games on Friday. From Friday night all the way through the NHL action in, uh, in in the league on Sunday were a total of 22 games, Sean, and the favorites were 22-0 and 0 on the money line. Not a single upset happened over the course of three days. Um, I saw a story that had said if you had taken um, the 14 games on Saturday – and had just built yourself a 14-leg parlay of all the favorites, if all you did was go chalk, your $100 would have turned into 33900 Wow, that's just, that's remarkable. And, and it actually was not until the Washington Capitals beat the Avalanche last night in Denver that we finally had a money line upset in the NHL for the first time in almost four days. And now that we've said that, there's no chance of it happening again, I'm pretty sure. Oh, absolutely, absolutely <laughs> not. But, yeah, I just I, I thought that was crazy. I mean, I I did very well on Saturday. I'm not going to lie. I actually had a, a couple of parlays put together, and part of the reason I went uh, that I did well was because I was taking those those favorites. But it just was amazing to me as I, as I got up on Sunday morning and started to look back on all the games, uh, even the ones that I had not bet on, and I just started looking and checking the box, and I was like, every single favorite one. Um, and then others uh, started to pick up on it. Our friends at Action Network, et cetera, everybody started to realize what had happened. Um, and then it happened again on Sunday. So wow. it was pretty wild. Yeah, uh, and then when you look at those parlays, though, that's one of the things I tend to do when I do a, a parlay of any significant length. I, I don't get clever with it. I generally do pick the favorites because you get way into plus money anyway, and, and I'm going to assume that the folks who are putting this together probably know something a little more than I do because they have giant casinos, and I don't. So uh, I figured out that that's usually the way to go, but uh, I wouldn't have been so bold as to go 14. I'm not going to no, tell no, you I, that that's the case, but well, uh, and, and it you is kind of remarkable. It. You and I have said it on the podcast. Like, there's no reason to do that. There really isn't. I mean, I know it's fun, folks. I know it'd be great to think that you could turn 100 bucks into 33900 But at the same time, we tell you all the time, build yourself a nice, simple parlay. Get yourself into positive territory and let it go. But I will say for everybody over the course of all the teams in the NHL have anywhere between five and seven games remaining on their schedule, depending upon which team we're talking about as we go towards the final uh, and finishing off the season with the 82. But one of the things we're seeing, Sean, and we're going to talk about it here in a couple of our bets on today's podcast, these teams that have been eliminated, I, I, as, as bluntly as we can put it, they don't care, right? They're just, they're right. done. And yeah. In some cases, they have some young talent. Maybe they've called some folks up from the AHL, et cetera, that they want to just see, give them some some time on the ice um, at the pro level. Um, but 
the favorites, especially those that are jockeying for position. So you look at the battle, for example, in the Metropolitan Division between Carolina and the Rangers, um, things like that. Those teams have something to play for. Teams like the the Senators, uh, the Red Wings, the Flyers, they don't have anything to play for. And so it's why I think we're seeing and we saw over this last weekend all of these favorites winning because there really is right now where we stand in the season, especially in a lengthened season because of the winter games break in February. Um, I, I think we've got some teams that, man, they are ready for tea times. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. And I think you've, you've seen that already in many of these cases. These games have gotten pretty one-sided. And let, let's start with one that looks like it probably will be as well. We have the Minnesota Wild coming into Montreal. The Wild find themselves a, a, in a playoff position, but only one game behind the Blues for second in the Central. They want to keep winning. And you have the Montreal Canadiens, the worst team in the East by a significant margin, a minus 98 in goals differential on the season. That's the second worst in the league. And they're on a five game losing streak. I'm going to presume you're not picking the Canadiens. Uh, yeah, that is correct. We are not <laughs> going there. Um, look, you, you talked about where the Wilds sit in the standings. Uh, right now, they're looking up at St. Louis because St. Louis um, has not lost in regulation in their last 10 games. They are 9-0-1. Um, the Blues are absolutely on fire, and we are going to talk about St. Louis coming up here in a moment. But for this particular game, this is one, Sean, that I'm taking the puck line um, uh, on the minus one and a half when you look at Minnesota uh, against, as you said, the worst team in the East from a points standpoint. Montreal sitting at 51. Yes, they are at home. But again, with what Minnesota is playing for, um, how valuable every single point is right now to this wild team as they try to um, see if, you know, perhaps uh, St. Louis can hit a speed bump of some kind to slow them down because St. Louis has just been on fire. But, um, you know, ever since, um, uh, you, you know, Montreal has, you know, they changed up their coaching staff. They went to an interim coach. They've seen a little bit of life, a little bit of a pulse, but not enough to get them out of the basement. So let's go with Minnesota that is feeling this sense of urgency as they try to wrap up the regular season. They do have a game in hand against the Blues. They have only played 75. St. Louis has played 76. So Minnesota knows how important tonight is. I think that they go in against the Habs and they cover the puck line on a minus one and a half. That puts the juice at DraftKings Sportsbook at minus 110. Yeah, that, that seems to be the way to go, obviously. I'm going to try to get into at least even money on this one, and I found a way to do that. I will go with the shot total for Kirill Kaprizov, the leader in goals. Obviously, you don't get to the be a leader in goals without shooting the puck. The over is three and a half at DraftKings, and that's just for an even money, uh, a plus 100. But that would have gone over in five of the last seven for Kaprizov. He's not a guy that puts up six, seven shots a game, but he is a guy that generally puts up more than four. Four or five, pretty normal total for him. So I think I'm going to go with that on even money this is one of those ones where it becomes a little bit tricky to find some value because the games are so one-sided but in this case in a game that the wild do need to win i'm just going to go with their top goal scorer to keep throwing it on net yeah and you know that that's you know certainly what kaprizov has been doing all season long he's you know he's part of the reason that the wild are on um the trajectory that they are right now for the postseason and i've said this a couple of times you and i've talked about it the wild are not a team that anybody in the Western Conference wants to face in the playoffs right now. They are a, a much better team than they were back at the start of the year. 
Yeah, Kaprizov, 43 goals on the season. That's fifth in the entire NHL. Look for that, too. Uh, if, even if he doesn't net one, look for him to get close to doing it, and that's all you're looking for when it comes to those shot totals. So let's stay out west. As you mentioned, we're going to talk about the St. Louis Blues, who will be hosting the Boston Bruins. Now, this is a different game entirely. You're talking about two teams, both with 46 wins, both teams with something to play for. The Bruins now holding the top wild card position but obviously they're in the mix for things even a little bit bigger because as we've talked about the eight teams out east are settled but where they are is definitely not yeah you're exactly right sean so we talked about st louis and how hot the that they are they are 11 0 and 1 um in their last uh, 12 games uh they are unbeaten in regulation their only loss was in overtime back at the beginning of the month on april 1st they lost an ot uh, on the road against the edmonton oilers so st louis um really on fire right now and look there's some good veterans on this blues team so it doesn't surprise me um that as we've gotten closer to the playoffs that they are playing better but you're right they're going to host a boston team here's what's fascinating about what's going on in the east sean is so boston finds themselves within the Atlantic division, they find themselves three points out of what would be third place in the Atlantic. So right now, Boston finds themselves in a uh, in a wild card spot. But what's fascinating is Boston's only played 75 games. So you think to yourself, well, okay, they've probably got a game in hand. They don't. Uh, in their division, uh, the teams that they are chasing, Florida up at the top, 75, Toronto, up at, up at number two, 76. And Tampa, who they are only three points behind, also at 75. So Boston, compared to some of the teams within the wild card race, has a game in hand, as they do against the Washington Capitals, for example, who hold the number two um, wild card spot as of right now. But nobody else in their division has played that many games either. So it's not like they can feel that maybe they've got a little bit of an edge. So I'm with you. This is a really fascinating game because both of these teams, St. Louis absolutely on fire, Boston trying to jockey for as as much position as they possibly can to see if um, if they can maybe catch up and get into that three spot and get out of the wild card. So with that in mind, I'm actually going to focus in on the total in this one, um, because, again, I'm seeing two teams that I might normally say, you know what, I bet you this is going to be one of those defensive battles. But I'm actually not going to go that way because St. Louis right now is averaging 5.4 goals per game in their last 10. On this streak they are on, they are scoring and they're scoring fast. As good as as Boston's defense is, and they do have one of the better defenses in the entire NHL, St. Louis just keeps finding a way to score regardless of who they're playing. And I think this is one where Boston... Um, maybe playing a little bit of catch up on the road. And so I'm going to take the over, which right now sits at just a flat six goals. I am going to take the over between these two. It's at a minus 120 again at DraftKings. Yeah, if, if it was a six and a half, Nate, I would have gone the other direction and I would have yep. taken the under, but uh, I'm not going to do that in this one. I think your your bet's the right one. I do think these teams are, are both hot, but I think it's interesting. So I'm going to try to find a couple different 
fits here for me because I don't really know who's going to win this game. But I look at that Avalanche game you mentioned against Washington. The Avalanche had won nine games in a row. They are tremendous at home. And they ended up losing to a good Washington team. Well, Boston is actually better on the road than they are at home. So when I look at that Bruins team, this is certainly a team that's capable of knocking off the Blues. It is very hard, no matter how good you are, to start getting uh, win streaks into that 8, 9, and certainly into that 10 area. So I'm going to argue in this case that the Bruins may very well be due in this. And the Blues just eventually. You can't win them all. You're going to have maybe a letdown and, and a very hungry Bruins team might be the one to do it it is plus 110 on the money line for the Bruins to win this one I'm gonna go that route and I may even be so bold as to go on that 60 minute line and go for the draw which is a plus 320 that would send this game to overtime that one One's a little more more brave, but I think that's the kind of game we're looking at. These are two teams that are really evenly matched. They're both playing well, although St. Louis is playing better. But there reaches a point where your winning streak almost becomes a situation where I want to fade it a little bit because they just keep can't keep going on forever. So I'm going to go with the Bruins. I, I don't know if I'll feel so bold, but I don't hate the idea of going on that 60-minute line and calling for the draw and having going to OT for a plus 320. Well, you find yourself some value. That's what we're always looking for. And you see those plus numbers. I think you got to jump on them. Yeah, I, I, especially when it's a good team in Boston. You know, I, I get it. And uh, I, I think you're right. When you look at that over under, I, I think that you're in the right spot. So I'm not going to get crazy. I'm not going to get after certain player props when these are really good teams. I just think you're going to see a game that uh, is going to be pretty exciting to watch. Our final one, of course, ends up being uh, a game that has a little less impact in the playoff standings, but it's not entirely about teams that are eliminated. Like I mentioned out West, not every team is eliminated from the proceedings. There are still 11 teams in play for eight seeds. One of those is the Vancouver Canucks. They are hanging on for dear life, 86 points, five out of that final spot. Although they do have the same number of games played as both Dallas and Nashville, who have 81. The Canucks have 86. They absolutely must win. Fortunately, they get an Ottawa Senators team that is five games underwater on the road this season. The Canucks heavy favorites tonight at a minus 250. So where do we go? Yeah, we're looking for some value here. But that Canucks team, they've been a lot of fun, Sean, over the last week and a half or so. They've won six games in a row. Um, you know, I, I really thought that they had just barely a pulse. And now all of a sudden they've shown a little bit stronger um, of a pulse, and in part because Vegas managed to lose last night to the New Jersey Devils at home. Yikes. Uh, that was bad uh, for the Golden Knights, who are also fighting for their playoff lives. They've now lost two in a row, which is allowing Vancouver to creep up on them uh, overall in the standings. But this Canucks team, um, you know, they, they have uh, continued to fight and continue to fight home and away. They picked up a big win last week uh, against Vegas. That was massive for them in those standings. And so regardless of what happens with Vancouver, um, they are definitely positioning themselves um, to have some momentum and some positive energy as they go from this 2022 season into this upcoming fall. But as it pertains to tonight, this is one where our, we're going to play the, the 60 minute line that you were just talking about. And we'll take Vancouver on that 60 minute line that brings that juice down to a minus 150. Now, 
I know some folks don't like that kind of juice. Anything that uh, a lot of folks will be like once it gets up to about a minus 140 or so, they start to go, okay, what can I do to be able to benefit myself and get this into positive territory? So I want to throw something out there that you can. If you go to the 60-minute line, and again, I'm using DraftKings for our examples on today's pod, but um, if you take Vancouver on that 60-minute line, they're at a minus 150. If you went and grabbed, and you could frankly take your choice, in my particular case, I went and took the Tampa Bay Lightning at home against the Detroit Red Wings. Um, Tampa on that 60-minute line, whew, big number, this is why they're such a big favorite, is a minus 260. But if I put that 60-minute line of Tampa together with the 60-minute line of Vancouver, now that two-leg parlay is a plus 130. That number I can deal with thinking that Vancouver takes care of it within regulation. Same thing with Tampa um, as they continue to roll towards the postseason. And now I have a plus 130. Nice, simple two-leg parlay. Yeah, and playing the, the, the favorites and the heavy favorites. I think that makes an awful lot of sense. That's a great idea, Nate, and something that people can look at, too. Because if you realize I, I want to be in this game, but there's not a lot of value, there's another way to, to get value, even though you're taking another heavy, heavy favorite. In this one, I am going to go with the uh, Canucks on the money line. The last time they had played, the Canucks won this game by four. Uh, I think they have everything to play for. The Senators do not. They're set in tee time. So, yeah, I think the Canucks take care of this. On the money line at that minus 110, I don't particularly have a problem with a, a minus 110 by any stretch. So happy to go that route. But then I, I kind of look back and think, all right, what did I just just pick for today? Let's have a little bit of fun. If I feel good about the uh, the three bets that, I, that I've put together, where do I want to go with this? So I grabbed them all and decided, all right, here's my three. And especially looking at the, uh, the one player prop there as well that I had with Minnesota. Throwing all three of those together, I get myself at a plus 701 over at DraftKings. Uh, I'm not going to go crazy on it, but as we talked about, we like going in par parlays that are brief, not very big. That's three legs, three of which I kind of like. Uh, I'll be playing all of those in a parlay as well. Great idea. And again, you found yourself a nice positive number and um, it, it, that's all you got to do, folks. It can be a two leg. It can be a four leg, you know, it, and if you decide to have fun and look, there are some heavy favorites tonight. There are going to be some heavy favorites throughout the next couple of weeks as we wrap up the regular season. You can decide to go, you know, if you want to get up to a five, six, seven leg parlay, believe me, I, I'm not going to fault you. I, I've, I'm known to do it as well. Just make sure that you temper your expectations and that you, you know, you, you don't go and slap, you know, two or three units on that. Put a half a unit on it. Do something that's simple that you're still going to be happy with that payday. But recognizing that even with these heavy favorites, I just talked about the Devils in Vegas last night. I had a bet on Vegas on the puck line minus one and a half, and they straight up lost in red. Right. So, you know, I mean, these upsets are still going to happen from time to time. So don't get crazy, but find yourself some good positive territory. Yeah, a lot of that is the, the number of units you're looking at. And I, I like when I have these sort of uh, setups today, like I'm you know, going to do those three bets in this parlay. What I like doing is making sure that as long as I win two out of my three bets, my my primary ones, I come out ahead. So I make sure that whatever I put on that parlay isn't going to cut into that were I to lose. So really what I'm doing is I'm looking at trying to win two of the three. If I win two of the three, I come out ahead. And if the parlay hits, it's gravy. If it's not, I'm still ahead. So I'm making sure I don't put an awful lot on that. It's just a little bit of a bonus, a little bit of fun, but nothing that's going to actually impact the bottom line significantly as long as I go two of three of these three that we just went through. Yep, absolutely. Good call. 
All right, well, that's kind of what we do here. We'll be back later in the week with the final few handful of games. Obviously, we're getting down to it, and uh, it is time to look at those heavy favorites for a reason, as Nate pointed out correctly. This has been a long season, and as a result, there are a lot of teams that have just simply packed it in, trying to get uh, into the offseason healthy and building for next year. So keep an eye on that when you're looking at these numbers. And, of course, uh, I don't know who who is in charge of the uh, NHL scheduling this year, Nate. I know it's a whole committee of people, but, oh, man, I'm, I'm looking forward to at least the playoffs where it makes sense the number of games from night to night because that part has been weird. Yeah, it really has. I mean, we just talked about that streak that happened over the weekend with all the favorites. There were two games on Friday and then 14, 14 on Saturday, followed up by six on Sunday. So it's just been a wild schedule. Just strange. Well, we'll see how it pans out over the course of the week. And we'll be back at it later in the week. As I mentioned, make sure you follow Nate at Nate Lundy. I'm Sean Drotar. That's S-D-R-O-T-A-R. And we'll be back later this week for more Sticks and Stacks on the Sawdust Podcast Network.